So we're continuing our uh, Jesus series here, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna struggle with this sermon only because I know that I'm going to be tempted the entire time to jump my notes, and I'm not going to do that, okay? Because if I do jump my notes, then nothing will make sense, okay? So just bear with me. Um, it's going to be fine. We're going to make it through together, and it's going to be all right. But just if there's awkward pauses, you know, just take take a drink of water or something, so then it's not as awkward. Okay. So, oh hey, how's it going? So, um, first thing I want us to remember is Jesus is everything and in everything. Cool. We have to remember this as we read Scripture completely. He is all this. Okay? Every single story in this is all about Jesus. Cool? If it's not about Jesus, uh, something's wrong with you. Cool? Um, So Noah's Ark. Next week we're going to talk about Noah's Ark and how Jesus is involved in Noah's Ark. Okay? Um, Yeah. He's involved in every single thing in this Scripture and in our lives. Okay? Understand? Yeah. Sound good? Listen up to this. You need to get saved. <laughs> Alright? If we lose sight of this, um, we, we lose sight of what being a Christian is all about. Okay? If we don't think that Jesus is part of everything in this book and everything in our lives, then we lose sight of what a Christian is actually supposed to be doing here on earth. Sound good? Yeah? Yeah? Yes, good, good, good. Last thing is I want us to be reminded that all of Scripture screams Jesus as our promise. Do you guys know what that means? Jesus is our promise. We're going to talk about that a lot tonight. All of Scripture screams that He is our promise, okay? So, even in Old Covenant terms, right, before Jesus died and rose again, Jesus was in the center of everything. That's really good news. You know? Well, the Bible's not that cool. You know? The Bible's not that cool if Jesus isn't the center of it. Right? Then it's just a bunch of cool stories. That's it. But Jesus is the center of all of it. Okay? He is God. Tonight we're going to take it way back to Adam and Eve. I'm going to talk about Jesus through the Adam and Eve um, story. Okay, um, Jesus wasn't just born as a baby. Um, as his start, he was the beginning, and he is fully God, and he was the start, and he's going to be the end. Sound good? Yeah. So he's pretty legit. You know, to put it plainly, Jesus is legit. He is. He is it. Once you find Jesus, you have arrived. Then you walk with him. Cool. So um, he is God. The promise of Jesus coming and dying and raising again for all of our sins was promised since the fall of man. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight. Cool? Sounds good. So let's go to Genesis. Turn to Genesis with me. Um, It should be pretty easy for you to turn to. Or swipe to. Hopefully your Bible doesn't die tonight, Garrett. About 52%. All right, you're good, man. You are good. I mean, with this phone, it's a wild card. Yeah, true. I, okay. <laughs> I hope so. Let's go to Genesis. We're going to focus on Adam and Eve, like I said. 
and um, we're going to cover a little bit of text, okay? We're going to be over a couple different areas, so if you're taking notes, keep up, cool? If you miss something, don't be afraid to ask, cool? First thing I want to read um, is in Revelation. Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. It reads, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. A lot. Cool? I don't know what that means either. A lot. Thousands. Cool? And they were all saying in a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. A lot of things. Verse 13 then reads, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as in the sea and all of them in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Okay? We read this last week, if you guys remember. And I said, can you imagine being bored during worship with this in your mind? It's impossible. Let me read one more. Revelation 13:8 says, And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose, name, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. What I want to focus on first is the Lamb and why the Lamb. Why was Jesus compared to a lamb? And why is the lamb significant? Do you guys know? Why was the lamb significant in Scripture? Uh, wasn't, that, wasn't a lamb used to clothe Adam Huh? Was it a lamb that was used to clothe Adam Okay. But yeah, like encompassing the entire story. Yeah, you jump my notes. But yeah, uh, everything. Like, why? Why the lamb? The lamb is the typical animal for sacrifice. Exactly. The lamb signifies more than Jesus. Do we understand this? The lamb was used as a sacrifice in Old Covenant terms for sin atonement and for offering and worship. This is sweet. Why? Because we don't have to do it anymore. Because Jesus did it. Exactly. Okay? But, a little sidetrack for a second. Um... Sacrificing a lamb was a demand was a demand from the Lord in old covenant terms. Yes? It was a demand. It said, Hey, if you want to walk with me, you have to do this. You guys understand what I'm going with? We have to sacrifice a lamb. Okay, so what's that mean in new covenant terms? You guys know? Uh, you have to accept Jesus as the lamb. Okay. Okay, I think sometimes we err on the side and I think it's interesting that he calls us all to give a sacrificial offering in New Testament terms, New Covenant terms, correct? And I believe we view it in two ways. And this might irk some of you, so don't get mad at me, okay? Don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger, cool? Don't get upset, alright? So I think we view this in two ways and this is a complete sidetrack, it has nothing to do with the message tonight, okay? It's just something for you to chew on when you go to sleep tonight. In New Covenant terms, I think a lot of Christians look as, at the sacrificial offering as two things. First is offering our finances, or we offer our entire lives. Cool? 
And I think sometimes I feel this is the way we look at it and we either give an offering financially and say, okay, well, I don't have to give my entire life. Right? I think we view the Lord this way. Well, I gave him something, so I'm sure he's happy. All they had to do was give him a lamb. You know, a lamb was a big deal back then. Have you ever had lamb? It's good, right? You had lamb? Eric? You've never had lamb? I was vegan for a while. Oh. I'm sorry. You okay? Can the Lord save you from that? <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just messing with you. That takes a lot of uh, a lot of commitment. I could not do. But I think we look at sacrificial offering as I'm either going to give financially or I'm going to give my entire life. What is scary is when we do neither. What's terrifying is when we do neither. You know, I, I, I heard a pastor say once that a tithe is 10% and that's your rent to be on earth. Isn't that funny? I think it's very true. Hey, I give 10% just because it's my rent to be on earth. Anything above that is my sacrificial offering. Does that make sense? And my life, <laughs> that's all he wants, really. He could really care less about your finances. He really just wants you. Again, complete sidetrack. We'll get back on topic. Cool? Anyways, the lamb. Think of the lamb this way. Can a lamb truly sin? Not really. Not really. You know, they're really just prey. They're not a predator. They, they're pretty innocent. Yeah, they're pretty in- innocent. They just wander around, eat, and then poop, and then eat, and then poop, and that's what they do. You can't really sin as a lamb. A lamb is gentle, innocent, and viewed as pure. And again, if you've ever had lamb, you know what I'm talking about. It's so good. So good, man. I had I have you ever had lamb bacon? I have not. Oh my gosh, it's just Oh, it's so good. You gotta go to Breckenridge in this restaurant called Bold and they've got a BLT, but the bacon is lamb bacon. It'll change your life forever. Yeah. I'm in. All right. Uh, cool. So a lamb is gentle, innocent, and viewed as pure. Correct? Cool. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And this is when the fall of man took place and... Uh, you know, the stupid snake tempted them and they gave in, knowing rightfully, rightfully so that the Lord commanded them not to give in. Right? Yeah. Went against complete, completely what the Lord was talking about and completely what the Lord was trying to impress on them so that they wouldn't fall into this. Yes? So, in verse 7 it reads, Then the eyes, this is Adam and Eve, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Okay? Then they heard the Lord in the garden and told him, or, or sorry, and hid from him. Yes? Okay? And then the Lord asked a couple questions, which he already knew the answer to. Where are you? Yes? We know the story? Yes. Yes? Everybody's looking at me like I'm speaking Chinese. Come on, what's going on? We okay tonight? Yes? yes we good? Okay. <laughs> the Lord asked a couple questions he already knew, and then Adam throws his wife under the bus and blames her for it. Yes? 
Which is hilarious, because I would do it too. <laughs> right? Throw her under the bus any day. Nobody thinks that's funny. Okay. So the Lord, yeah. The Lord gave some strong words to the snake. Yes? We know the story well. He rebuked the snake. And I'm convinced that's why everybody hates snakes. Yes? It's ingrained in us. Preach. Good job. Good word, pastor. Snakes suck. Um, and then he gave uh, some strong words to um, Eve and Adam and really disciplined them. Okay? Read through it on your own time. That, that was my summary. Okay? Cool? Then the Father heart of God is revealed. Okay? We see him kind of go back and forth into a father and a judge. A father and a judge. We see this kind of transition through him. Hey, where are you? Where are you? Right? That's a father's heart. Right? But hey, uh, sorry, you're going to have the worst uh, pain ever when you give a child. That was kind of his thing with Eve. Right? That's like judgment. Right? That's discipline. Right? That's like, oh man, that really sucks. Yes? And then, in verse 20 through 24, where are we going to pick up? Ready? Three. You guys there? Good. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was, because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Is the us capital in your guys' version? Cool. Really? What, Oh my gosh. Broken Bible. Decoy Bible. Decoy Bible. <laughs> Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east, at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherub, an angel, and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way of the tree of life. Pretty interesting. So we see the Father's heart here, yes? Where do we see it? Where do we see it? Verse 21, right? He clothed them. He clothed them. Hey, despite you disobeying me and despite you um, going against what I told you, I am still going to clothe you. That's amazing, right? And like I've said before, um, the Garden of Eden was like living in heaven. Everything was perfect. That's amazing. Everything was perfect. It was the way the Lord intended all of creation to be. Every single person who was ever born it was supposed to be there in perfect unity with the Lord, in perfection, a heaven-like place. That's amazing. Living in heaven and everything was perfect, but Adam and Eve disobeyed God and He had to discipline them, so He removed them from the garden. Does that mean God is mean? Does it? No, obviously not. Just like every every good father, there has to be discipline if you mess up. Or else you're never going to learn. Right? Right? Yes. 
Just like if you're speeding down Arapahoe or Parker, which is very easy to speed down Parker, <laughs> super easy, and you get pulled over, there's going to be discipline involved. Why? Because he knows you're better good. <laughs> right? He's trying to keep you safe. The officer is, right? He's trying to keep you safe. Just like God. If we are going out of those boundaries, he's like, hey, hey, careful, careful. All right, swat you on the nose. Right? Like, oh crap, just screwed up. Now I've got to correct you. Right? It means God is just. It means God is just. Right? If you don't listen, you don't inherit. Correct? I know it's good. If you don't listen, you don't inherit. Okay? You see, if they continued to try to live in Eden and eat from the tree of life, yes, they would have lived forever. Yeah. Just like it says, they could have lived forever and ever. Right? But, they would have had always been in a state of hiding from God. That's no way to live. Maybe that's the way you're living tonight. Always hiding from God. Always always cowering under your guilt because you messed up so bad. No, you're saved. You're saved by grace. Congrats. Right? So, to go back to the Lamb, in verse 21, it reads, The Lord God made garments of skin for them and clothed them. There's a couple things I want to kind of highlight the remainder of the message. Is the fig leaves, right? In verse 7, right? Adam and Eve knit together these fig leaves to make clothing for themselves. Yes? You guys with me? Okay. Guys, got to stay with me here, okay? Have to stay with me. If you lose me, you're gonna be just like I don't know what this guy's saying, okay? So stay with me, okay? I want to talk about the fig leaves for clothing, and then the clothes that the Lord made for them, and the kind of the foreshadowing back and forth, okay? So I want to go to the the kind of the easier one first, okay? Get the easier one out out of the way first. So let's start with the um, with why the Lord insisted on creating them new clothes. You guys know why? And don't go to the obvious answer of saying, okay, um, well, because Jesus is the Lamb and He wanted to foreshadow the story. No, that's not the right answer. Why? Why did He... Adam and Eve were already clothed. Do we understand this? They already had clothing on. They made it themselves. But then, God's like, hey, I made you something else. Here's some lamb. Why? Anybody know? Anybody have a guess? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. How many times have you tried to get yourself out of a situation? How many times have you tried to hide yourself from a situation that you got yourself in? Right? That's exactly what Adam and Eve are doing in this story. They, oh, oh, shoot. I just sinned. Oh my gosh. Now, oh crap, I'm naked. And now, I've got to cover myself. Right? You can't atone for your own sins. You have to have God. You can't atone for your sins. What Adam and Eve tried to do was atone for their own sins by clothing themselves. But, just like Garrett said, the Lord has a better way. He has a better way. And he says, here, i got some nice leather for you. And this is like really pure leather. This had no like chemicals in it like we're shooting up our animals with now. It was a pure 
pure, pure lamb. Right? That's amazing. Do you understand what I'm getting at here? Yeah. Okay. And I think it's funny that they spend so much time knitting together these leaves. Then the Lord starts walking in the garden. You guys understand this? It's interesting. He's like, well, okay, I know what they did. I know exactly what happened. The Lord's saying to them, right? And then he waits for them to finish their clothing. And then he says, all right, now I'll come. Now what's going on? Right? Isn't this fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that Adam and Eve ran to themselves before they ran to the Lord? Isn't it fascinating that they ran to themselves before... Hey, the Garden of Eden was heaven. Was similar to heaven. And they didn't feel comfortable enough to run to God? What? I think this is wild. I don't know about you guys, but when's the last time you heard the Lord's footsteps in your life? He was so real to them. So real. He was so close to them too. You know? I think this is fascinating. Even after sin, they could still still hear His footsteps. Don't forget that too. (laughs) That'll probably keep you up at night. I think it's hilarious that he waits. And when I say the word prosper, this is what I want us to think of. It's exactly this. It's, hey, I can get myself covered. I can make myself feel good. I can find a a temporary, not contemporary, a temporary fix, like fig leaves. But until the Lord walks into something, he has a better way. And that's why he calls us to prosper. Right? Was it for Adam and Eve's sake? It wasn't really for Adam and Eve's sake. They were already closed. He didn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. But let me put it in real terms. Would you rather walk around the mall with fig leaves or would you rather walk around the mall in leather? Leather. Even as weird as you might look with leather tight pants on. Right? Because they only come tight, I think. Right? Nothing wrong with that. I think it's fine. Yeah. You've never seen like loose leather, have you? I mean, that's like the thing where it like flares out at the bottom. Right? Oh yeah, like maybe a little boot cut. That's yeah. a thing in Pakistan, right? Have you, have you been seen? Leather? Yeah. I don't know. I hope not. I hope they're not putting leather pants. I get all my pants from there. <laughs> Paxson has some really good joggers. Yeah. Just oh, so you know. <laughs> Just looking out for my man. Thank you. No problem. Let me put it this way. <laughs> if you try to find cheap joggers, the Lord will always give you better joggers. Yes. Just joking. Please do not write that down. <laughs> let me put it. This, let me put it this way. J- 
Jaden has like an archive of all the yeah. weird things. <laughs> all right, but let me put it this way. We can get ourselves by, but the Lord has a better way every single time. Do we understand this tonight? We can get ourselves by, right? Growing up, I always wanted to run on my own strength. Yes? Even sometimes today, I want to run on my own strength. Uh, it's not the best way. It's not the best way. Until I look to the Lord, who is my strength. <laughs> yes? Like the scripture says, the Lord, who is my strength, then I get to walk with Him. And it comes much easier. Much easier. Because His ways are always better. Okay? Um... The Lord always has a better way. I jump my notes. Dang it. Dang it. Jaden. <laughs> the cool thing is when we connect the dots on what the skin actually represents, it does also represent Jesus. Right? The perfect lamb who was slain. Right? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the lamb that conquered the grave. We are clothed in Jesus. It is the Lord's way, and we declare His ways are better. Every single time. Do we trust that tonight? Do we trust? Do we trust that His ways are better? Or is it just something easy to say? Talk's cheap, you know? It's easy to say. It's super easy to say. I just said it five times. It's like really easy to say. Well, how does that look if we would walk it out? We give our life for God. Exactly. Not many people do. I know. Um, so the Lord made clothes of lambskin uh, because He had a promise to bring His children back to Him by Jesus. The Lamb was gentle, innocent, and pure. Jesus, gentle, innocent, and pure. Jesus is the promise. Do you guys see the foreshadowing? Isn't that cool? Even back at Adam and Eve, Jesus was there. But that's just step one. And this is where I have a lot of fun. You guys ready? Okay. Step two is understanding how Adam foreshadows Jesus. How does Adam foreshadow Jesus? A sinful man foreshadowing a perfect man. Anybody have a guess? If you were at Tuesday, guys, study, you cannot answer. That's what I thought. Yeah. In Romans 5, it explains this completely. So, turn to Romans 5. Verse 10. Romans 5. <laughs> Romans 5, verse 10. All right. You guys there? <coughs> For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received con reconciliation. Verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and de 
death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet, death reached from Adam to Moses, which, don't let me forget to talk about, but God, uh, oh shoot, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Who was a type of the one who was to come. Okay? Verse 15. But the free gri- but oh my gosh, but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through the through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience that they were all made righteous. Verse 20. And the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned, the death grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Adam foreshadows Jesus, who was to come. Let me explain. Just as Adam was a representation on how to live for all humanity, right? Right? And he was set up for success. He was set up for success. He, had a sen- he was sen- essentially living in heaven. And he was set up to set an example for all of humanity. Adam was, yes? But decided to control his life. He took control by eating what he wanted. Took control by clothing himself. That Jesus came to model how to live and was a representation for all humanity on how to live. Right? You guys understand what I'm picking down or dropping down? Picking up what I'm dropping down? Yes? I got the statement before that. Good. The gift is not like that which came from the one who sinned, for on one hand judgment arose from one's transgression, resulting in condemnation. But on another hand, the free gift arose from many transgressions, resulting in justification. Death through one, inheritance through the other. Everybody died because of... Everybody died because of that. Yes. Sin through one, and inheritance through the other. Isn't that crazy? How Jesus is even in that? 
Adam, the first man who sinned, was supposed to be the... Not the no, he wasn't supposed to sin, right? He was never supposed to. It wasn't the design. He was set up. He had everything. He said, you, uh, the Lord spoke over him and said, hey, you have, you have access to all the creeping things that creep on this earth. Does that make sense? Death through one, inheritance through the other. Adam and Jesus. Understand? Now that's step two. Cool? What was step one? Understanding that the lamb was slain. Yes? Told you guys you got to stay with me. What's step two? Yes. The the foreshadowing of Jesus that He came. That He made it right. That despite He made it right. Yes? Despite He made it right. There you go. There's your rhyme for the day. Okay? But that's just step two. Step three is understanding the fig tree. Okay? The fig tree is where I'm going to geek out the most. Okay? So hang with me. Um, This is just... I the Lord was just revealing this so much to me as I was finalizing this today and it was just really fun. So, there is a lot of symbolism around the fig tree in all of scripture. Like Jonah and the whale. You guys know that there was a fig tree in Jonah and the whale? I do not remember that. No. He got sprayed out and the Lord made this fig tree pop out of the ground to give him shade. Yes? This happened. It was a fig tree. Oh. Made sure it was a fig tree. Okay? I think it's amazing. Then Jonah took it for granted. Right? Took these leaves for granted. Took took the shade for granted. Began to whine to the Lord. And then the Lord sent a worm to kill it. And the worm killed it right away. Dead. Done. Jonah didn't have any more shade. What's this symbolizing? First... It's symbolizing that the Lord, when you get, <laughs> what it's symbolizing is when you get comfortable, you turn into a baby. True. Okay? When you get comfortable in your life, you turn into a baby and you don't want to strive for more. Sometimes the Lord has to rip away that comfort and rip away that shade so that you move. Cool? Sure. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Love it. Then he sent a worm to kill it. I think it's amazing. Then, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus does something really weird. I don't know if you guys know this story, because it's not talked about very much, because I think there's a lot of confusion around it. Jesus straight up was walking, hungry. We're going to read it. But... Jesus was straight up walking, saw a fig tree, was like, oh, I'm hungry, walks up to it, there's no fruit, and says, you're going to die today. Thing withers up dead. You guys heard this story before? It's not talked about very often. I want to bring some light to it. Okay? Okay, well, I want to read it. It's in Matthew 21. There's another account in Mark 11. Um, If you want to look at that one too. But Matthew 21, verse 18 through 22. And it says, Now in the morning, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Were you guys all there? Matthew 21. 18. Yeah, I'm just pumped. <laughs> now we good? Cool. I'm actually going to get through all this. I'm pumped. Um, okay. So now uh, Matthew, eight, uh, Matthew 21, verse 18. Now in the morning, as he was returning to the city, he being Jesus, yes? Yes? Okay. Make sure we understand that. He became hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except for leaves only. And he said to it, No longer shall there ever be fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered away. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, How did you do that to the fig tree all at once? And Jesus answered and said, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not, sorry, you will not only do what I did to this tree, but even if you say to a mountain to be taken up and cast in the sea, it will happen. All things that you ask for in prayer, believing, you will receive. I see why you got so psyched up about it. So, my first question is, was Jesus just showing like kind of his humanness and he was kind of hangry? You know? Was he just like pissed because it didn't have fruit? And he was hungry, you know? It states in here that Jesus was hungry. Was he just mad? What do you guys think? I think it was mainly to teach prayer, sort of like a like lab demo of like a parable. Right? Where he's just trying to teach, like, the power of prayer. But, I mean, at the same time, he was hungry, and God has a good sense of humor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to make two points through this one story. Okay? I believe Jesus kind of had a chip on his shoulder. I do believe Jesus had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Why? Because it was a fig tree. What did Adam and Eve run to first? A fig tree. I don't know about you, but I think that Jesus was a little upset that they chose to go run to a tree before they ran to him. Uh, you got a grudge against Well, no, don't use that word grudge because Jesus doesn't hold those. But I think he was like, well, man, yet again, this thing has let me down. Yet again, has this thing come in between me? Yet again, has this thing messed with my operation? Right? Adam and Eve ran to that tree and said, well, this is going to be my covering. Right? Jesus went to that tree and said, well, this is going to satisfy me. And it didn't. Boom. Done. Dead. So I think Jesus was kind of disgusted in sin and that he killed it right away. Do you guys understand that sin isn't just doing bad things, it's going against what God is saying? Sin is actually used as an archery term. You guys know this? There's a bullseye in archery all the time, yes? Sin is actually used, if we look at it, you're pulling back this arrow and if you miss the mark, that's sin. If you're not hitting the bullseye, anything around that is sin. Which is even, I mean, that's really mess with you. 
I don't, if it doesn't, you got some you got some issues that you need to work on. Okay, if you're not hitting right what the Lord has uh, has aimed you at, and you're not releasing right away, then boom, you're going to get in trouble, and that's actually sin. I think we have to understand that sin is not just well, I slept with so and so today, or well, I did this drug today. When well, you know that's still sin. I'm not demeaning that, but that's not all sin is. Sin is going this way instead of going this way. Sin is, uh, well, the Lord is calling me to do this, but I still have to make an income, so I'm going to go do this. You understand what I'm saying? The Lord, just like we talked about at the beginning of this, the Lord's ways are always better. Yes? Mm-hmm. The Lord's ways are always better. So if we're missing His mark, we're saying, nah, nah, I don't believe in that. Even if it's here, I don't believe in that. I'm going to go this way. I was listening to a, a pastor the other day, and he uh, he was trying to... <laughs> yeah, I don't care. He was trying to preach a New Year's resolution sermon. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. Okay, He said... Hey, I want you to get your tractor on the road, and if you want to move out of your rut, you just turn your wheel a little bit. I'm like, okay, cool. But if we use that same analogy, <laughs> if we're going this way, and this way is righteousness, and this way is the kingdom of heaven, and this way is inheritance, and this way is Jesus' mark, and this is what this is what the Lord has called me to, and if I just turn my wheel ever so slightly, what's that turn into? Yeah, and it keeps on getting further and further and further and further and further away, right? Especially as as time progresses. It goes out like this. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a golfer, so I, I view my, my clubs in this kind of nature. You know, I, with a pitching wedge, I can hit this target, right? With a driver, I'm more out here. You know, this is kind of my, my field of action is going out like this, right? So if we look at it the same way, the Lord's plans are here, but we're saying, well, I'm going to go out here a little bit, and I'm just going to turn my wheel a little bit, then it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. We're going to move further and further and further away from the Lord. You guys understand what I'm saying here? Does this make sense? Okay. So, um, we have to view sin in that way. If we don't view sin in this way, then who cares what we do? You know? We just don't do bad things and we just be a good moral person and then, cool, we inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm here to tell you that's not true. I'm here to tell you that is complete false and that is a scheme of the enemy. Okay? And I can back it up over and over and over again. And frankly, just read Romans 1 through 5, chapters 1 through 5 and you'll be like, oh yeah, Alex is right, oh my gosh. Right? Yes? Yep. Sin is missing the mark. And sin is disobedience. And sin is delayed obedience. Yes? If we say, okay, Lord, we'll see. And then wait and wait and wait. I'm sorry, the, the, the time might have already passed. Make sense? So, Jesus was disgusted with sin. 
missing the mark. He was disgusted with it and he killed this fig tree that got in the way in the first place. Make sense? Second thing is, if we doubt the Lord, we will fall. Just like Jesus was saying in the scripture we just read, if we don't produce the fruit, we will be actually cut off and will wither away. Yes? John 15 says this perfectly. Abide in me. Abide in me or I will cut you off. Yes? I'm sorry, that does not mean our God uh, doesn't mean our God is mean. <laughs> right? It means he's just. It means his ways are higher, his ways are better. Yes? Yes. Okay. So, if we don't produce fruit, we will be actually cut off, quote unquote, or wither away. What is our life source? It's more than breath. I'm going to journey to say, and I actually read an article the other day that a dude was abandoned in his boat, had no food, no nothing, just had his Bible, and he survived for a week. What? Yeah. Yeah. That is dependence on the Lord, and His ways are higher. Why? Because He's called the living water and the bread of life. Yes? He's the one who gives us life. He's the one who makes us alive. He's the one who restores us. He's the one who calls us to better ways and better things and, and higher places. So when we're not walking, not walking with Him, we're actually walking against Him. Yes? Yeah. If we're not walking with Him, then we're walking against Him. And if you're calling yourself a Christian and you're walking against Him, stop. Don't call yourself a Christian anymore. Okay? Like, let me put it plainly to you tonight. I'm sorry if I offend anybody tonight. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. I'm not. I'm not. This is your eternal life. This is it. This is your eternal life. Do you guys understand that we are eternal beings? This is not some new age weirdness. We are eternal beings. I'm sorry, but each and every single one of us in this room is going to live eternally. Yes? Yeah. Heaven or hell? If we do not produce fruit, if we do not be obedient to what the Lord is saying, we can't inherit the kingdom of God. We can't. It's impossible. But if we have faith and we have the capacity to call out sin and call people to repent from it, just as Jesus did, it, He took away all of the sting of death because He gave a better way. Right? Not only was, that, was Adam and Eve clothed with lamb, but He also rebuked the fig tree because it got in the way the first time. And He said, I have made your ways higher. I have made you to prosper. I have called you to better. Not for your sake, but for His sake. He carries your inheritance. You do not. Isn't that cool? Like, I don't know about you guys. I want nothing to do with whether I'm going to heaven or hell. Only thing I want to be involved in is saying yes to what He says. That's it. That's it. And if you know me at all, I try my best to live that way. If the Lord calls me to 
start a, a church in my basement, I'll do it. If the Lord calls me to pray for somebody in the mall, I'll do it and I'll watch it happen right before my eyes. If the Lord tells me to move somewhere, if the Lord shifts me this way and tells me to go that way, I will do it. And I pray the same for each and every one of you guys. Why? Because it's better. It's better. When's the last time you were stressed? The last 30 hours of my life. Okay. Now, hey Lex, when was the last time you were stressed? What? I don't know. Why? Because I know that I'm called to higher places. I don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. You got time for that? You got time to be stressed. You have time to be anxious. You have time to be depressed. Heck no. If you got that much time, you need to replace it with something else. If you have that much time to be depressed and sad and anxious and all of these things, you have to look at the Lord again and say, what am, I, am I actually following you? Because are any of those things in Scripture? Yeah, they are. What does it say about them, though? <laughs> what does it say about them? Yeah, it was a very trick question. It says, hey, you're a dummy if you're walking in these because I am, I'm, Jesus is here to say, I, take rest in me. Jesus is here saying, hey, I've, I, I called you to better. Jesus says, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Adam and Eve were stressed. Yes? Adam and Eve were very stressed. So stressed that they had to figure out how to knit together and make some clothes. They were freaked out. So freaked out that they had to hide and isolate themselves and try to, oh my gosh. Yes? But the Lord said, no, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to clothe you and I've called you to higher things. He's saying the same thing to you. Open up your eyes. Isn't that cool? He said, there's no time for anything else other than me. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is the beginning and the end. If we put all of our faith in Him and a mountain's in our way, what does it say? Get in the sea. feeble as my faith to not even believe that that could happen. You know? Like, I'm here to tell you stop being lukewarm. Stop. Please. If you're going to be lukewarm, please stop calling yourself a Christian. Okay? Please. Why? Because you're making me look like an idiot. You're making all these people over in the Middle East look like an idiot. You're making all these people who are so excited in China to just get a Bible in their hands 
look like an idiot. I'm sorry, this is the most important thing in your entire life. Jesus is the most important thing in your entire life. He's worth taking serious. He's worth it. If you don't think that tonight, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He's worth it. He is everything. He's the beginning and the end. He is everything. And the coolest part, he said, I'm calling you. I'm calling you to do my work. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm calling you. Wow. Wow. Right? Isn't that amazing? So I'm here to tell you tonight, and this will be on the podcast, it's going to be awesome, quit dicking around and take Jesus seriously. Yes? If you're bored, you're doing life wrong. If you're stressed, you're doing life wrong. This is not for your sake at all. It's for the kingdom's sake. And you're eternal. You get to pick your destination. Right? There's this thing called free will. You get to pick it. Not just like some people are mightier than others. (laughs) You know? Their yes is just louder than yours. You know? That's the bottom line. He's called us. His ways are better. His ways are better. His ways are better. Step three is we should look at sin with disgust. Just like Jesus did. I don't know about you guys, but the sin in my life appalled me. It appalls me. Ugh. It's disgusting. I hate going to bed with it. I hate laying with it. You know? Ugh. We should view sin the same way. Why? Because it is. It's disgusting. One last scripture and then we'll we'll break. And it's one that's kept me up in uh, James chapter 1. My precursor before I read this is we cannot do this on our own power, okay? Understand? Yes? I want to start in verse 1. And this will be it. We'll end here. James chapter 1, verse 1. James Is everybody there? Yeah? James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in this dispersion. Greetings. Verse 2. Count it all as joy, my brothers, when when you meet trials of various kinds, for you knew that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness 
have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I agree. Ding, ding, ding. We found it. Right? That is amazing. Let me read it again. Verse 4. And let the steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Again, we can't do this on our own might. Right? We can't make our own perfection. Who can? Jesus. We can make something close like fig leaves. Right? But we can't make it. We can't make leather. Man cannot make leather. It's called pleather. Yes? Yes? Man cannot make leather. Only only God can. You guys get my point here? Jesus is the only way to perfection. Isn't it cool that God gave us free will so that we could be a part of it though? Isn't it amazing that he says, yeah, there's sin right in front of you. What are you going to do, Lex? You know? What are you going to do? Are you going to say yes or no? Right? He gives us the opportunity. And that's what I'm saying. If I have that much of the infilling of Holy Ghost in me, then I get to know. I get to know. I get to know. I get to know whether I can uh, take the high road and which one's the, the bad way or which one's the good way. Yes? That is amazing. And then he says, hey, you can be perfect and complete with me. And guess what? You'll actually lack nothing. I don't know about you guys, but that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Like, this is truth. This is the most truth I've read in a long time. Let me rephrase that. This is the most truth I've ever read. And he says, you can be perfect and complete with me. And then you will lack nothing. What? Am I saying you can be perfect? Yeah. Not on your own strength. Yes? Not on your own strength. Only through Holy Ghost. Only through Jesus. And you'll lack nothing. Isn't that cool? I can't wait. I can't wait until I hit that. I can't wait until sin truly has no power over me. I can't wait <laughs> like, come on. And then I'll like nothing? Come on. Like, I will wake up and say, Lord, what do you want from me today? I'm ready. Let's go. And then He'll guide me. Every single step. Man, that's cool. It's so cool. This should actually really encourage you. If it doesn't encourage you, yeah, it's okay. But it should. You know, it should really encourage you. It might call some like ugliness out in you. It, you know, when I was preparing this, I was like, oh man, I gotta preach this. You know, I'm like frick, I gotta face some of these. You know, but that promise, lack nothing. 
wow. That's a life that I want to live. Where I don't have to worry about anything else. Where I can just focus on the Lord. Where I have that much trust that the Lord is going to pay for my, for, for all my bills. And I don't have to go above and beyond for myself and work extra hours for myself, you know? And make it right, you know? The Lord always provides. He always provides. Every single time. Not just financially either. Cool? Let me just pray. Lord, would that stay with us? Would we look to You, the author and perfecter of our faith, uh, the author and perfecter of our lives? Just as Your prophet Jeremiah said, You have the plans for us. You have the plans for us. And Lord, I know that You've called us to higher places. Holy Spirit, I pray that You would reveal the sin in our lives and that we would repent and turn from it tonight. Holy Spirit, I just bring, I, I, I pray that You would just bring it all to the surface so that we, we have the opportunity to, return, to turn from it tonight. And would it be an offering of faith to You, Lord? Would it be another step closer to You, Lord? Would we stop looking to our own logic, to our own intellect, and just look to You, who's outside of all of that? Jesus, would You just reveal Yourself to us tonight of who You really are and of who You've really called us to be. Would we turn from our fleshly ways because they lead to death? And would we turn to You more and more? Not for our sake, but only for the kingdom's sake. Only so that we get to worship You the rest of our lives. Only so that we can we can be with you the rest of our lives. Only to make this earth like it's heaven. Would you release your spiritual giftings among all of us tonight? Would we not be satisfied until we've tasted and seen that you are good. Would you encounter all of us tonight? Would we have dreams and visions of you? Would we feel your love tonight? Would we know that there's grace? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. That even at the beginning of time, you were there, screaming at us, I'm your promise, I'm your promise. I'm coming to make all things right. I'm coming to give everybody a way back to the Lord. Would you reveal that to us tonight, Lord? You just give us another layer of revelation of who you are tonight. 
We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.